For this series of podcasts, we created a bank of 250 flying-related questions, some serious, some not so much. We then put them into a random question generator and asked pilots to give us their answers. The results are often thought-provoking, hilarious or even reassuring. This week's guest is... My name is Mark Meadows. I've been flying paragliders and paramotors for 10 years. Mainly paramotors nowadays, purely for the convenience of taking off in the field five minutes from home rather than an hour and a half drive to the nearest hill. And it has just lately become an obsession the last four or five years. Got under my skin and now it's taken over my life. <laughs> I, I put flying before work. It might be wrong, but that's the way it is. <laughs> Cooper Care was what gave me the inspiration for Parafest. I used to go to the flying show down at NEC and at Telford year after year. And every year you go, every year they got less and less for paragliding stuff. November 14, went to Telford and there was absolutely nothing there. It was just gyrocopters and mega expensive microlites. There was nothing there whatsoever. I came across all the same faces again, all the same pilots, all moaning in the same moan. Nothing in here, crap in here, not coming here next year. And then we need something of our own, we need something of our own, which is rubbish. And then driving home from Telford, I thought, sod it. If no one else is going to organise one, I'll have to organise it. <laughs> so, so I organised Parafest, which was going, well, the aim is, you know, to get it to be like the Cooper Care of the UK. That's the, the goal. You know, if, if it can grow that big, then all well and good. But something along them lines of Coop, yeah, that was my inspiration. Because I went to Coop and I thought, what a bloody brilliant place this is. We need something like this in the UK. And so that was it. That was how Parafest was born. You got 10 random questions. <laughs> I did. Yep. Okay, so number one is, what makes you nervous in the air? Nervous in the air? Other people make me nervous in the air, <laughs> especially ridge soaring when you're all squashed in, chasing for the same lift. Everyone's looking over the shoulders. Has he seen me? Hasn't he seen me? Which way is he going to go? Is he turning that way? Is he going to break right? Oh, other people. A crowded day on the hill is what makes me nervous. And of course, flying paramotors mainly, you usually have the sky to yourself and you can go where you want, when you want, so you're not restricted to a little narrow lift band or anything like that, you know. And if there is a bunch of 10 or 20 of you, you've got the whole sky to spread out into. Whereas paragliding, you're all squashed on top of the hill. And uh, it, it does make me panic now and again. Probably mainly because I'm not used to it so much nowadays with doing motoring more than gliding. I did, uh, I did go for a paraglide a few months back, uh, first time in a while, with a friend. Yeah, I realised that, oh crikey, this is busy up here, I don't like it with all these people in my way. <laughs> I'm used to <laughs> <hiding> myself. <laughs> What's the coldest place you've ever flown? Oh, I don't like the cold, so I'd rather not go to somewhere that's cold to fly. <laughs> the coldest place I've ever flown is the UK. What's the weirdest thing your glider bag's ever been mistaken for? I can't ever remember uh, ever being asked what's that, what's in it. I've had a lot of strange looks of people, and you can see them thinking, what the hell's that? That's a big rucksack. But no one's ever actually ever asked me. What's your proudest flying moment or achievement? 
taking off and landing without incident is usually quite, is usually quite an achievement, and it, it makes me feel very proud. <laughs> but flying the summer to Snowdon, that was quite special. We did that once one February winter high pressure a couple of years ago. We were flying the coast of Wales, and we flew into Snowdonia, up to the summer to Snowdon, circled the summer to Snowdon a few times. The others started to head back towards the beach, and I thought, well, I'm at five and a half thousand, I may as well carry on to ten. So I carried on to ten. So that was quite, that was not a nice day that will always stick with me. Circling the summer to Snowdon, and then travelling up to ten thousand foot in a clear blue sky. Visibility, I've never seen visibility as clean as that. It, honest to God, it was a real good special day. That was a, a February winter day in a winter high a couple of years ago. That was a special day. I like that day. What's the longest you've ever paraweighted? The longest I've ever paraweighted is just recently, from November till February, three months, the entire UK winter. <laughs> That's how long I've paraweighted. <laughs> the last three months. But, yeah, I mean, I've spent, in back in the early days, I've spent many a day sat on top of the hill watching the clouds race by and chatting to other pilots, not even getting the glider out of its bag and driving home again. And I once made the mistake of, of telling the wife that I didn't even get out of the bag, and she said, well, that was a waste of time. You could have stayed at home and done the garden, and you could have painted the fence, and you could have done this and could have done that. So I don't make that mistake anymore. It, it, whenever I go out with the glider bag, I always come back, and, and it's been an epic day, love. It's been wonderful. I've had a great flight. But, yeah, I've spent many a day sat on the hill, sometimes not even getting out of the bag, sometimes only for 10 minutes, sometimes a quick top to bottom, which is part of the reason what turned me on to paramotors, because I'd travel for an hour and a half to get to the hills, spend all day sitting there, maybe get 10, 20 minutes or a quick top to bottom, and then drive home again. And I'm thinking, oh, really? This, there's more to it than this. And then with the paramotor, you see, I've got a farmer's field five minutes away, I can finish work at five o'clock. I can be in the air for half past five and, and fly till sunset. So it, the, the paramotion makes makes life so much easier and convenient. And, of course, you haven't got to travel to the hill to see what the conditions are. You can stand in the back garden and say, is it flyable? Is it not flyable? Yes, it is. I'm going to go. And within ten minutes, I'll be in the air flying around. Paraweighting doesn't happen as often anymore because I only go when I know it's flyable. Were you an instructor's dream or nightmare? Well, I would like to think I was a dream. <laughs> I, I thought I was a model student. That's to ask the instructors. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I was. I think I was. I must have been a dream. I don't think I was a nightmare. Okay. I think not anyway. Are you a natural risk taker? Yeah, probably. Yes, a, a, a calculated risk taker. I would say not a reckless risk taker. You know, I'll look at something and think, do I think i get away with that? Yes, I think I will. I'll have a go. Or do I think that'll all go wrong? It might do. Or if I get away with it, I'll have a go. Or I think, that's just stupid. I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> so I'll always calculate the risks. Sometimes a little bit reckless. Sometimes, you know, to be a risk taker, you've got to be a little bit of, um, a little bit about you to take a risk. But, um, yeah, calculated risk taker, yes. Not a reckless risk taker is how I'd. I'd raise myself. What do your parents think about your flying? Well, mum doesn't think about it or she starts panicking. 
Oh, me, me poor son flying around in the sky. So she's not happy. Well, she, uh, she's not not happy. She, you know, she understands that I enjoy it and I must do it. She's just she's just a mum being a mother. You know what they're like. And Dad would love to do it. He is jealous. You can see it in his face. But he's in his seventies and he's got a knackered back, and he's just he's not physically up to it. But you you know, every time he he sees me flying, he's like, bloody hell, I wish that was me. Oh, and ten years ago, I'd have been there with your lad. Oh, bloody hell, you know. So my dad is insanely jealous that he can't do it, and mum just would prefer not to think about it. <laughs> Which glider do you think has had the most inappropriate name? Well, the Dudec Hadron is only one dyslexic spelling mistake away from something different. You know, you change the D and the R around, and, uh, or the R and the D around, and the, the take on a, a completely different meaning. Um, mm-hmm. So the Hadron is not a very clever name. <laughs> the little cloud logo is quite phallic in appearance, I think. The, the designer of that could have done something a bit better. What's the most welcome you've ever been made when you showed up at a flying site? Always made welcome, wherever I go, whatever flying site I go to. Flying community has some wonderful people in it. But you wouldn't think it, reading some of the forums and Facebook pages, the way they bicker at each other, but that's usually down to the weather and people climbing the walls. But yeah, no, wherever I go, you know, always a friendly bunch. Wherever, whatever site, in the UK or abroad, universal language is paraglider language. Everyone's your friend. Can't fault them at all. Love it. Great stuff. Thank you very much. For more paragliding and hang gliding related podcasts, please visit the podcast page of www.theparaglider.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast or any of our many previous podcasts, webcasts or articles, please consider making a donation to The Paraglider. You can find the donate button on any of the podcast pages of the site or on the homepage at www.theparaglider.com. Many thanks.